Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And this one's awesome. It's with Trevor Sales from Bricks Barbecue, and that's B-R-I-X, Barbecue in Fort Worth, Texas. I know you're thoroughly going to enjoy this. It's chock full of so much information, and I know for a fact they're going to be on your must-visit list when you hit the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I cannot wait to visit. So I thank Trevor for taking the time. Sit back, relax, enjoy this, and be sure to visit your local barbecue joint. Good afternoon, Trevor. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm fabulous. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to finally connect as we talked off camera. We've been trying to do this for a couple of years now, and this time now, it, it makes a lot more sense now. It's, it would have been interesting to do one then and then now, I guess. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we've uh, we've definitely had a lot of ups and downs at Bricks and just kind of taken us a long time, honestly, to get to where we're currently at. But yeah, as you as you said, this is a good time to finally finally chat. Yeah, and I and I want to say really quick, congratulations! You said you just had a daughter, so well, you 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 and your wife just had a daughter, so that's that's awesome. That's a big deal. Yep, thank you very much. Uh, her name is Crew Crew Francis Sales, and uh, she just turned six months on Friday. So wow, um, fun times, man. Fun times. Yeah, yeah. And I think like the next few years, I don't have any children, but I know the next few years are a lot of they're a lot of fun. Like it's you know, there's this like magical time that you're at and you also have other things going on too i'm like very blessed in that regard to be honest like my day job like i i actually enjoy that as well i get i get asked all the time like it's it's no secret like folks that i work with at my day job like they come to bricks and support like it's oh cool yeah it's still a cool thing like it's not one of these things where i'm like hush hush on it on the side or anything like that like you know people always ask oh once your new brick spot opens are you going to quit you know quit the day job or phase that out and i'm always like honestly absolutely not like yeah. that's that's really kind of what you know i've been in the industry that i'm in for that line of work for a while and you know it's worked out well for me and the family and all that and so uh you know i like to keep barbecue my passion project what it always has been in the first yeah. place so so how would you hide that from <laughs> like a, how would you like when you have a brick and mortar i don't know how, how you would hide that from people yeah yeah exactly you kind of can't but there's some you know there's some employers that just like expect people of to course. like like you know live live eat sleep die however you mm-hmm. say it by by them you know and mm-hmm. not do anything else but i mean the fact of the matter is i mean life's freaking short man and mm-hmm. so like you might as well do whatever the hell you want to do and whatever you can fit in or you can't you know those are the choices that you have to make through life so yeah and if you have an employer that you're working with that lets you do that that's a bonus that's a huge thing in life that's not often. Well, well my um like for instance it's this it's funny i actually just took and uh, not just about a year ago i moved to a different company in the same industry that i've been in for a while for my day job and the vp of sales uh there who i who i work for now uh, he used to work for a company that built smokers uh kind of as like a side project really uh, he's a huge barbecue guy out of the kc area he has buddies that own joints and so it was like oh, cool. as soon as we as soon as we kind of hashed that out i was like yeah i'm definitely gonna take this job <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be how did i don't know if i've ever known how bricks the name came about uh yeah so bricks the name came about actually um a lot of people don't know this well first off i'll say you know a lot of people have like a cool like ring to their name like my buddy dane dane's craft barbecue like yeah. you know sales like my last name is sales sales barbecue like it just doesn't have a good ring to it so anyways i originally when i started doing pop-ups i always had a dream um being from the midwest to have a barbecue and blues bar that was kind of like ah. you know something like through college i was like man i really want to do that one day and so my first little concept if you want to call it that was a uh, big t's blues blues and barbecue 
And then uh, around that same time, just a few months in, I adopted uh, a foster dog from the pound named Bricks. Well, his name was not Bricks yet. We didn't have a name for him. We decided to name him Bricks. And then uh, we changed the name from Big T's to Bricks Barbecue. So that's how the that's how the name kind of came, came came about per se, but he's kind of my best buddy. And uh, well, that, that I love that you named it after your dog. But it's bricks. Like, how is that? How do you come up with that name for your dog? Oh, sorry, that's, that's sorry. No, 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 no. It's just interesting. Sorry, I'm talking so, over yeah. you. No, that's a good question. Yeah. So bricks. Uh, so B. You know, B R I X. How it's spelled. That's actually what we get asked all the time. Is like for people that know wine who are or who are into wine, which I am. Wine and bourbon is kind of my jam. Bricks is how you measure the sh- the sh- oh sugar yes content in wine. And so, uh, or I may have said that wrong, but as has something to do with measuring the, the sugar content. Like it's basically like one one bricks or two bricks, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've heard that now. That yeah. So, yeah. anyways, that's we get uh, asked that a lot. But no, we were. I won't bore you with the whole backstory and the folks who tune in, tune in. But uh, long long story short, we were actually supposed to adopt another foster dog who was actually being fostered. Couldn't be at the house anymore, and his name was Bricks, and it didn't work out, and it was spelled uh, B R I X. And then once we have our now bricks, me and the wife were trying to come up with a with a cool name or just a good name for him. And uh, we just said, you know what? We're supposed to adopt that dog named Bricks. It didn't work out. This one kind of fell in our in our lives. And so let's call him Bricks because he That's looks cool. like uh, Yeah. I love the name. And also, too, did you do something clever with your Instagram? Did you put Bricks and Mortar? Yeah, it's kind of like it. a play on that. Yeah, because <laughs> then we also had the – when we, we were in the food truck, it was, it was an airstream, right? And so we called it the smoke stream. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of like our play off of that into our new building, the bricks and mortar, you know? Gotcha. No, I love it. That's cool. You said you were, you grew up in the Midwest. Where did you grow up? LaPorte, Indiana. So like uh, from Chicagoland area, like an hour east of there. So I was born there, lived there for about five or six years, then moved down to the Fort Worth area. Lived in Fort Worth for about five years, uh, moved back up north, did my high school years back in the Midwest, and then um, went out to the University of Buffalo where I played ball in, in college and went to school out there uh, wow. before moving back to Texas post-college. How was that in Buffalo? If you like snow, it's a great yeah. place. No, <laughs> no, I'm actually kind of kidding. It's, it was an amazing experience. It's an awesome part of my life. Uh, I still keep in touch with a, a good amount of the guys that I played with there as well. And honestly, uh, it's the home, home of the wing, right? And so uh, I probably ate my body weight in wings like every single week I was there. Is so. it really? Are there really a lot of wing joints there? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the, one of the things I love about the city of Buffalo, besides them being such like a blue-collar, hardcore sports and bar food town, mm-hmm. is that they don't call their bar and grills bar and grills. They call them beef and kegs. And I think that's the most amazing thing in the world. I love that. Like <laughs> it kind of reminds me when I heard of the term ice house. It just sounds ice house sounds even like it just sounds interesting. Exactly. I I'd never heard that coming from California until I went to Texas. I'm like, oh, that's such a cool beef and keg. That's killer. I I have a friend. She moved to Buffalo with the next boyfriend for like a year or two, and they bought a house for really really cheap, a beautiful house and a beautiful. But they got yeah. like more snow than they could ever imagine. And also too, there's not a lot of industry. There's not a lot. I think that like the only jobs really were seemed like a casino. Like it just seemed like. It was it was rough at that time. I don't know. Yeah, there was that. Well, because they were kind of you know like Gary and Youngstown, the ones that were like big 
manufacturing towns like yeah. in the 60s 70s 80s even in the 90s and then when that industry kind of died off or was outsourced or whatever yeah exactly but um uh-huh. no it's actually kind of thriving again now i haven't been back in a few years it's probably been three years since i've been back there that but, makes um, sense it's totally changed mm. from even when i was there and you know i was in college there from i'll say 2011 to 2014 what was your path then what was your your path wasn't barbecue right i mean i've always kind of had a passion for food just through my mom honestly i mean she's she's always been a great and she's not a formally trained chef or anything like that but just she's always always cooked we, we were always kind of the kind of the household that had all of our friends over for dinner family nice. outings was always at our our house right so the whole entertainment piece hospitality the love for food all kind of came from her wow. um so i started to cook more through my college years uh, kind of on the tail end of college and then when I got out of college, I started to cook a lot. Um, and then I'd always love barbecue. But again, when I was a kid in Texas, I was young and I probably never really fully experienced barbecue for what it is now, especially right yeah. uh, when I was at, or at least when I was at that age. And then when I got out of college, I got invited to the Browns camp and I only lasted there for about a month. Um, so I had big dreams of playing the pros. and I thought oh, that's man what I was going to do. And then uh, they told me I was too short and fat. So I uh, <laughs> in, those, in those exact words. Uh, maybe not, but they basically <laughs> told me that. What's that experience like? What was that? Not, I, I don't think anybody listened to this, or maybe one person has been in Brown's camp or any other camp. It was an awesome experience, man. It was a very cool, you know, it was a cool part of my life. To be honest, I'm not that involved in sports anymore. It's kind of one of those things where I did it my entire life, and when you get done, you're kind of mm. burnt out on it, honestly. But that being said, like, I still love, you know, college, college ball, I still love to watch college sports. I'm kind of getting back into it now some. But uh, it was an awesome part of my life. Uh, you know, I was at that camp with a lot of guys that, you know, came that were first round picks and all that. And fun fact, uh, Johnny Manziel was actually there when I was there still. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that was kind of funny to see him in person. <laughs> oh, man. that's What an interesting journey that guy yeah, yeah. Wow. I know. I recently watched that thing. That's a whole other topic. Like, I really don't feel bad for him, but whatever. I kind of got sidetracked, but the point of me saying that was, you know, you think you're going on one path in oh, your yeah. life and it, and it doesn't work out. And so then I moved back home for a while um, with my parents for like, uh, I don't know, a year and a half, two and a half years. And then um, I had a job opportunity down in Texas. So I took that job just for my, for my day job. And then once I moved back to Texas, I kind of fell in love with, with the barbecue scene. I, you know, I was already passionate. I was like, passionate about food, but I wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily passionate about barbecue per se. And then we went on, my wife and I uh, went on a little barbecue tour. Uh, you know, we hit a bunch of the top joints in the state. I think, um, you know, Hutchins actually, when I came down on a, on a hog hunting trip uh, one year in college, Hutchins was probably the first, like, I'll say more craft barbecue experience mm-hmm. that I had, the one in McKinney. And then uh, once I moved down here, we went on a little tour and I think uh, we did like La Barbecue. We did 2M Smokehouse. We did, um, I mean, we hit like wow. six or seven or eight, <laughs> you know, in one trip. And I was kind of like, holy shit. I was like, this is amazing. You know, it's you just kind of, and you know, and I think a lot of the guys that are that are in, in the barbecue game kind of have that story in some fashion, right? Mm-hmm you know as you know it might be when they're a kid or when they're adult whatever but like it just clicks at some point you're like wow like this lifestyle is crazy this life is crazy this uh you know everything about it's just wild right like people still cook with you know wood and that's it you know it's mm-hmm. like and that's a that's i'm making it sound way more simplistic than what it is obviously no but uh, but when you but, but, but when you first notice it when you went to those six or seven whatever you went to you it seemed like I'm sure it seemed something like it. You thought it was in the back of your mind a lot, thinking about it and thinking, yeah. "Wow, I would love to do 
something like that. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, I, I mean, just how cool is it, right? I mean, what I was talking to Eric Mel, one of the guys that works at Bricks Now in the pit room, and I just kind of, I was standing there one day in the pit room with him and he's cooking and I was like, man, you know, what's crazy is that like, you know, my wife and I went on a big vacation last year and we went through like uh through spain and france and we went to bordeaux and did the the wine country and we did basque country and northern spain and had you know all these like most amazing restaurants and all this stuff and you know you go to the chateaus that have been there for like hundreds of years and you see these people that you know in bordeaux that are just farmers basically and they just they live their life this way every single day and you're like wow this is amazing like this is crazy this is a whole culture here Mm -hmm. and then i took a step back and looked i was like you know when foreigners, when people from overseas like come to Texas, I think it's so awesome that they'll see us, they'll see bricks, they'll see, you know, Danes, they'll see, you know, Heim barbecue, all these places when they come to Fort Worth and they go, wow, this is like a way of life here. Like people, mm-hmm. you know, they cook with wood. It's a, it's this primal kind of thing, right? That people still do. That's true. Texas. And so I think it's a big perspective thing. Like, holy crap, it's seriously awesome that you're able to do this for a living. You know what I'm saying? So, And also, uh, too, it's like it's nice that you're being reflective while you're doing it as opposed to 15 years from now looking back. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I know. I think as I've gotten a little bit older, not that I'm old yet. I'm, of course, my knees and back feel old. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. um, You know, over time, I've kind of started to try to at least try to. I'm not always good at it, but try to take a step back and be like, Mm -hmm. man, it's hard, but barbecue you know what i mean it's probably like the fact that like this is like part of what pays your 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 living it's mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty amazing at that time did you end up purchasing a pit or did you bar- um, borrow someone's pit or so yeah after we did that kind of tour and all that i'm trying to think we uh i tell you what i did my mom actually bought me she surprised me with a uh with a pellet smoker Okay. Uh, in the backyard. So, you know, I think that's kind of a common story for a lot of guys. Uh-huh. They have yeah. like a kettle or a pellet smoker or whatever. Or a big green egg, it seems like. Doing, yeah. Exactly. So just kind of started doing that thing first, right? And uh, just kind of cooking in the backyard. And like the first, like, you know, I think a lot of people, their briskets got a lot better, a lot faster than mine did. Because I probably cooked like 20 just absolutely shitty ones at the start i mean it's so bad like my wife still talks about it to this day and i know people like tell this same story kind of joke about it uh-huh. but i'm telling you i think mine was the absolute worst of anybody that makes barbecue in texas it was so shitty <laughs> how did you I not mean, get I, discouraged that's amazing oh yeah i don't know i really have an addicted trait about myself so i think that's that's the answer honestly but yeah i was like i was injecting it with like black pepper oil and all this stuff, you know, and I thought that was going to be like the secret sauce, right? And whatever. Uh, it's like, no, no, no. I was so confused at that time. I was so confused. <laughs> so how did you graduate to a better smoker? Yeah. So then, um, then hopped on Facebook and this is kind of a funny story. I got my first offset. It was a tiny little r- reverse flow on a trailer and then it was like perfect size for, or so I thought at the time, perfect size for like pop-ups and hauling around easy and fit and and you know at our in our garage at our house and whatnot and uh hopped on facebook and found one i think i talked the guy down i i i forget exactly but he wanted like a thousand bucks and i said hey and at the time you know i didn't have a lot of money to spend or whatever but um 
I was also into guns and, and firearms is one of kind of my side hobbies. Being in Texas, I was like, you know what? I'm going to offer this guy, uh, see if he'll take one of my pistols and 500 bucks instead of like nice. 1200 bucks that he wanted or something like that or a thousand bucks. And he said, yeah, sure. Sounds great. So wow. uh, my first real smoker I got by trading a guy 500 bucks and a pistol. Uh, and a gun. I was like, is there, is there anything more, more Texas? That's that? so Texas. That's so yeah. Texas. Uh. So, but that's how I got my first one. And then I was going to a gym in Fort Worth at the time and they're amazing people. Uh, so there's actually a chain of gyms called Metroflex. I don't know if you've heard of it. There's actually, uh, there's, there's one in California. Sounds um, kind of familiar. So, but yeah. so Ronnie Coleman, who's like one of the most famous bodybuilders in the world, the original Metroflex gym is, is based in Texas. Okay. And so he kind of helped make them famous. And, it, and all that but so anyways this was one of their it was like their second or third gym that they did and they're all private owners but um anyways i was going to this gym and they used to have a food truck there long story short he left the owners were like hey um we saw that you got that smoker if you want to come out and just like sell meat here you can and i was like at the time i was like okay sounds awesome but in the back of my mind i'm going like dude i have no freaking clue what i'm doing right <laughs> like i've smoked i've been smoking on a pellet i just got this thing and so honestly that was one of the best things that could have happened though because almost a weather permitting almost every weekend for about 16 to 18 months straight i would get out of my at the time crappy day job that i had uh it was a job where i had to be in a cube all day right so i would get out of work at 4 30 5 o'clock i would rush home grab my smoker uh and all my supplies you know i was cooking like three briskets maybe two briskets most time and like a pot of beans right <laughs> uh and i would drive out to the gym with all the supplies and i would pop up a table in a tent and all that and my hand washing stuff and i would legit trim the briskets rub the briskets on site at the gym cook overnight because i knew nothing yet about you know a holding cabinet any of that and i would just take naps in my truck all night on friday and then on saturday i was you know selling hopefully two briskets and a pot of beans to the gym goers basically wow so it was yeah. kind of like a was it like a keto thing like they were or like a no on, not necessarily but i mean I think, but i think having like the brisket you know like people like that it's a pretty hardcore gym as well so they appreciated it you know which was cool it was like a family thing honestly and wow. so that's kind of really how it started and then i'll say when i first realized it was kind of i'll say i, I don't want to say starting to work because i still was probably making crappy food at that time that i had something going at least was when i started seeing other people like actually waiting in line at the gym that weren't gym goers ah, right so they telling. Just, like heard about it whatever and then they would just pull up in their car wait in line grab grab food and leave right so which i thought was kind of funny yeah that, that's like, a big deal they, they don't work out and they like go to the gym to get food <laughs> and then leave so that was always kind of kind of cool to me but uh so that's when we decided once that happened we said okay let's maybe branch out like hit up some bars breweries and all that um, okay and then we got a 250 gallon smoker that we made ourselves all of our pits we make ourselves i say we i have a friend named will who does awesome awesome fab work um and i kind of design it draw it up and Every once in a while, I'll help him hold a plate when he cuts it or something like that. But, but, it's, to, um, but it's to your specifications. and Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. That's um, kind of handy to have a friend like that. That's nice. It is. It is. He's actually building us a badass um, wood-fired grill right now because we're going to start doing a date night thing at Bricks on Thursday nights. Oh, killer. Um, with steaks and stuff. But uh, anyways, yeah, awesome. Awesome guy. Just like salt of the earth texan dude like he's a great friend honestly but so anyways so then we built the 250 started doing pop-ups at like breweries and all that and then it kind of 
rolled from there and then we did the food truck thing and now we're in the building space at the bricks and mortar so the the food truck it was the airstream yes yes correct correct and how did yeah. that how did you find that airstream that's it was killer it just and it looked neat it was actually right up the road from our from our building space now okay. actually so it was, it, it was right off of south main street in fort worth yeah just uh just south of downtown like a, of like a mile or two really but yeah so the airstream first advice to anybody aspiring uh food truck owner pitmaster do not use a goddamn airstream it is <laughs> i knew you were gonna i knew you were gonna say that I it was like... one of the worst decisions we ever made it was just the flow inside of the truck was terrible and that, it could have been better on our part some by where we laid things out again we didn't know what we were doing yet but my main point of the airstream is that all commercial appliances fridges warmers all that stuff they're tall with square corners right airstreams do not have any square corners other than on the floor so the top is only like six and a half feet tall and it's rounded uh, off so what that leads to is you buy the three-quarter height stuff or the two-third height stuff or you have to custom custom fab it in and custom fit stuff and you would think that the two-third height and the three-quarter height stuff would be way cheaper well, it's not. It's either more or the same price because it's like a one-off item, right? It's not mass-produced. So, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say. But you know what? We no, but it's good to know. That's good advice for the – you never know if one person's listening or a friend of a friend can tell yeah. somebody. that You might have helped somebody right there. Yeah, but what I will say, too, is that a food truck, and really more so than a food truck doing the pop-up thing, is, I mean, if there's any better way – I mean, there's probably no better way, I mean, to do a, a proof of concept, right? I mean, for sure. I mean, for, for a pop-up, you can really start with, with minimal overhead. I mean, in the barbecue world, it's basically a smoker, some pop-up tables, and a tent, mm -hmm. that's about it, you know? Yeah. So I uh, definitely encourage people to do, do the pop-up thing. That's how, you know, a, a lot of folks know that Dane and myself yeah. are great. And we uh, we both um, kind of came up through the pop up scene at around the same time. So well, a lot of the guys in Los Angeles and Orange County, those guys yeah. there, they all were pop ups. Yeah, exactly. Because there's you know there's a big investment to get a brick and mortar. It's a like as you know. So well, really quickly when you had when you had the airstream, you had that there. Was that when Daniel visited? Now, here's what I'll say. Like, we're definitely, I agree, we're leaps and bounds ahead of where we were food-wise from when he first came out to see us at the food truck. Yes, absolutely, 100%. But, um, but no, I mean, I think even when he came out to see us for the first time with the food truck, we were we were kind of getting in our groove at that point mm -hmm. and, and, and had the processes down and we're doing, doing things the right way, or at least what we think is the right way. I mean, our entire crew at Bricks, I'll tell you, is like hardly any of us are like have any formal training, you know, or worked at other barbecue joints. We're like watching videos on YouTube, or at least when we started, right. You know, we're watching stuff on yeah. there, we're reading stuff on the internet. Like when me and Dane both uh, first started, we would talk to other pit bosses and whatever and we text each other hey man i heard this about this have you seen this blah 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 he's like no i haven't you know and we go back and forth like that and honestly man uh me and him like i owe a lot of my success cooking wise to him i mean a lot of tips and tricks that he has given to me we still do to this day you know? nice. so it's, it's been cool how did you find this brick and mortar there is a real estate guy in fort worth named eric vickers good dude and he had been trying to get us to prematurely and i say that jokingly and as a friend always trying to get us to lease something from him right and it's good that we never did that because we really weren't ready for it yet and i'm glad that things worked out the way they did and we just did the food truck for longer but he for a few years <laughs> for a few years he was trying to get us to lease spaces and whatever and they were cool spots but i was like ah, i just don't think think we're there yet so a couple years go by and we were having a beer down the street and I said, hey, man, look, here's the deal. I really appreciate you, you know, trying to get some spies. I said, we're not really there yet. It's not really what we want to do. I said, but that being said, 
you know, if there was an investment opportunity for us to maybe buy the real estate somewhere, you know, something within our budget, I said, we'd be definitely interested in that. Yeah. And so he said, oh, well, and, and as we're chilling there having a beer, he said, oh, well, this came on the market yesterday. Uh, let's go see. And it was on South Main Street right down the road from the food truck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, check, please. And I, I got our tab and we went down to the now building space and, and checked it out. Yeah, I made a phone call and was like, hey, we need to check this place out. And I think we put a, put an offer on the building within like a week. Oh, wow. And what yeah. was it before? It was something else before, right? It was an auto shop at one time, and then it was also a uh, it was a tiny home builder. Uh, which oh, kind of, that's what yeah, I read. Yeah. That's what I read. Okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, very very strange uh, deal. But uh, but yeah, that was the two businesses. I think it was one other thing prior, but I'm not sure what it was. It's a it's a fairly newer building. It was built in the early 2000s, so you know it's not very old. It's a cool looking structure. What is that above? Is yeah. So on the front, we actually have like a rooftop area up up top as well it's like a 35 by 35 oh, area cool. so it seats about 40 up 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 top or so oh wow right. that's cool okay we're eventually going to add a little bar up there we just quite frankly it was one of those things when we were building the place out it was taking so long we we're finally like dude we just got to get it open you know so uh, yeah. we just didn't have time to, to, to squeeze that in but we also have a beautiful huge side patio space as well cool. and we so we added on that we added on the rooftop area uh, and we added on the pit room, but uh, the rest of the shell we kept intact, and then we just took it down to its bones, basically, and and built it out. That's awesome. So when did when did all this happen? Let's see. We purchased the building in twenty twenty one, and like fall of twenty twenty one, late summer, early fall, uh, and we just opened around that same time in twenty twenty three. So. Now, keep in mind, yes, it took a long time, but from when we bought the building, then you have to start the blueprints and the planning and all that. And that took almost six months, you know, by the time we actually got the permits and all that. So we, di- we didn't actually get permits until like, I think, end of January, early February 2022. <laughs> yeah, then we opened in summer of 23. So it basically took us a year. You opened summer this summer? Yes, yes, correct. Yeah, okay, it's fall. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, the, the time has no, I, am, I have no idea what time, but time. Okay. We're almost into late October. It's crazy, man. But there, uh, there's like a pandemic in the middle of all that stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. That kind of skews things. But yeah, so we opened in July of 22. Yep. No, July of 23. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. I screwed you up. July 23. Yes. Who's <laughs> on, on first? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So you opened July. So it's only July, August, September. So about three and a half, four months. Been yeah, open. we're going on three and a half months now, basically. Wow, that's exci- that's exciting. What was that like pulling the trigger on this place, and how like what were these conversations with your wife? And like, was it were you nervous, or was it just something we got to do this? Like, this is it. Um, nah, it was a great opportunity, and and you know, my dad is a partner in Bricks as well. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, so it was a phone call to my wife, it was a phone call to him, uh, and my mom as well. Um, you know, to get the to get the okay and see if they wanted to invest in it, and so we just made it happen, man. Honestly, nice. there's definitely times where we were uh, needing some extra cash to make it work and all that. And we just we somehow find a, found a way to make it work uh, just because it felt like the right thing to do. And we that's 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 what we did, man. It just felt right. You're not the only restaurant. There's a lot of restaurant re- restaurants that, that I've heard of that have they have uh, secret investors or silent investors that no one oh, knows. Yeah, about. That's no, just it, how it is. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, to me, I know some people, it's like a taboo thing to talk about, but I'm like, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, the way I, the way I always talk about, it, I've talked about this with other people. And this is, again, this is actually a good little tidbit of advice uh, for other folks that might be watching. I want to start a business is like, if you own hundred percent of your business, that's, that's amazing. And a hundred percent of $500,000 is a great thing. Yeah. But if someone can give you the capital to catapult that $500,000 to $5 million, and you own only 75% of it and not 100% of it, well, 75% of 5 million is a hell of a lot more than 100% of 500,000, right? Mm -hmm. And those are just, that's just numbers I'm pulling out of my ass basically. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, it is a, but it is a good example though, I think that you know a lot of people don't think about like, no, I don't wanna give up any ownership, it's mine. And I understand there's times too when some of the investors or partners maybe want to be a little more involved than what the chef or owner wants them to be. And I can see how that would cause, cause problems. Right. But, uh, thankfully my dad doesn't cook. So, uh, he doesn't really have a lot of input on the, on the menu. But he likes barbecue. <laughs> oh, he does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's important. That's a great piece of advice because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are on the fence and like a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. yes. And then it's important to know who you go in bed with. I remember having the kind of this conversation with Saul at 2M when he was talking about when they're when him and Joe and his the, the wives they're all talking about the new place you know they had <laughs> like there's a couple people that have come to them over the years wanting to invest and create a second place it has to be the correct situation or at least it yeah that. it's uh and that and that's the thing too is like what I'm saying is good advice but it's also has to be approached on a case-by-case -case basis right mm -hmm. and like a lot of people will tell you uh, I mean don't don't partner in business with your family or friends right they, they always yeah. say that and I the for most people, that's probably right. But I have a different relationship with my family than a lot of folks do. We're extremely mm -hmm. close. In fact, we, my wife and I and Bricks and our baby live with my parents right now while we're building a new house. You know, it's like, yeah, so that, it works. You guys have that as someone who's 30. My, you know, my, my wife and I, for most people, they'd be like, oh my God, I could never do that with my parents, you know? And I, and I get that and I get that. Yeah. So we, it's just a different. Let's talk about your menu. And yeah, for sure. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Obviously everyone knows in Texas just like if or in in texas style barbecue in general i mean your brisket ribs and sausage are kind of like they need to be good right i mean if in this day and age there's so much competition with just classic barbecue yes. you know what i mean i mean the the franklins of the world the goldies of the world you know the guys like that who just do classic barbecue very very well right there's plenty of that to go around mm -hmm. um, i'm not saying we're on that tier with those three items maybe. But my point is, is that if you want classic barbecue, you can get that at a lot of places now. So I think kind of thing that sets us apart is like the things like the porchetta and our Bricks Burger, Funky Town hot chicken sandwich, you know, things like that. Daniel Vaughn once called it a barbecue adjacent item. And I think that's kind of a good term yeah, for it because it like, it's not traditional barbecue per se, but it, it somehow works really well with those menu items. And like for people that, you know, it's, it's common, like maybe the wife, doesn't want brisket that day but you want to go to a barbecue joint you know we're the perfect option for that because you can come here and the wife can have a, a you know a burger and fries and you know you can have your brisket ribs sausage and and what have you you know exactly um so yeah so we we tried to do a lot of uh i'll say more kind of niche items like that um that kind of may appeal to a different crowd uh and, you know we're in an area it's no secret and we're friends with these guys but panther is right up the street from us i mean it's 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 like less than a half mile away oh really i didn't know it was that close oh yeah panther is a, a half mile away and our food truck was a half mile away the opposite way 
from them. We're south of them now. We were north of them <laughs> before. Yeah, we're trying to flank them on all sides. <laughs> and you said, and you said, Heim is right that way. Yeah, Heim is Heim's probably a mile away uh, from our current spot. Yeah, you know they have three locations out. Yeah, going exactly. On, four or five or six or ten. <laughs> I don't even know these days. They're they're killing it. Anyways, yeah, they're they're right down the road. Hurtado's Fort Worth location is down the road. So you know it's important. To, it's important to kind of set ourselves apart, right? And so we have the after dark stuff that that we're going to bring back here soon, uh, which is kind of like barbecue bar food. Uh, you know, we do the smoking fried wings, the bricks burgers, the hot chicken, uh, nachos, loaded fries, kind of the guilty pleasure stuff, right? The cool. things that maybe people don't consider as craft, but we mm-hmm. kind of put a elevated kind of twist on them. Uh, so it still kind of stays on brand with us. Can you explain, because I don't, I don't know if everyone knows what porchetta is and it's like people would, would spe- it's spelled like porchetta, but it's pronounced porchetta. Can you yeah, explain what yeah. that is? Yeah. So porchetta, so I'll back up. Traditional porchetta is a Roman food, right? That's where, I mean, they make it all over there in, in, in Italy, but uh, Rome is kind of where it's most popular at, I oh, would okay. say. Um, and they're basically what it is. They do it a few different ways. The most classic way to do it is they'll do, they'll basically stuff an entire pig roast it uh chill it slice it off thin uh Uh put it on on a sandwich things like that but now it's more common you'll see they use the loin meat uh the belly meat and the rib meat it's all kind of attached in one roll it's deboned and they'll roll that up with the skin on and it'll be stuffed with you know uh fresh fresh herbs and whatnot they do fennel pollen lemon zest uh parsley i'm trying to think what the what the like classic pork porchetta herbs are but it's only like three or four things the way we do it is we do all kinds of stuff on the meat side we lemon zest fresh parsley thyme you know salt and pepper obviously uh calabrian pepper paste um all kinds of fun stuff in there and then we roll that up on the meat side tie it off with twine and then hit the outside with salt and and salt and pepper only on the uh on the fat cap side and then we smoke that until it's just nice and tender and melt melts in your mouth but um and then you slice it so that it's yeah, slice in like quarter pound pieces, basically. But yeah, but the way it's sliced, it's still rolled up. So you'll see kind of that that three quarter round piece of pork belly with the herbs it's inside. Really cool looking, um, gorgeous. Yeah. But I I actually kind of like it better with just the belly, to be honest with you. And one of the reasons is the traditional way of doing it is it has the loin on it. Okay, and so the loin they often have to undercook it a little bit so you don't dry out the ah. loin. Right, so you're they're they're only cooking it to like. 145 degrees maybe 150 in that range so your pork belly is it's not that fat's not breaking down at all you know what i'm saying you know italian culture is freaking amazing their food is amazing but i think that's the one thing the romans got wrong besides besides trying to expand too quickly obviously and their empire died but right up there with that it was the porchetta we'll get back to the meats and everything and the sides because there's some really killer sides and interesting sides but you guys have a full bar right Yes, we do. Yeah, we have a full bar, cocktails, beer, wine, the whole nine. Cool. And yet also, just so I don't forget, Thursday through Sunday, is that what it is? Or Thursday to Sunday, yep. And then we just started doing our barbecue brunch on Sunday mornings as well from 10.30 to 12.30. And what does that brunch entail? Uh, let's see. So it's kind of a rotating menu, but we have some staples. So we used to do brunch uh, at, the, at the three years we were in the food truck every year around the holidays. It was always the last weekend we were open because oh. uh, we had closed for two weeks most of the time. It was always a humongous hit. People loved it. So we were kind of, again, going back to trying to set ourselves apart in Fort Worth and things like that. And so that's how we uh, kind of came about, hey, let's start doing brunch at Bricks again, but 
every weekend, essentially. Probably my favorite item is the burnt-in pancakes. So it's our oh. beef belly burnt-ins uh, on top of two pancakes. And we make a salted beef tallow cream cheese frosting. And we hit that on top with some syrup. Oh. And it's just like the perfect balance of like uh, sweet and savory and salty and, and, and all that. So uh, that's probably one of my favorite items. Uh, we do a honey butter chicken biscuit. We do barbacoa B&G. So I would say... The biscuits and gravy with the beef cheeks, that's uh, uh, that's uh. That, that's one of my favorite items. But again, like between that and the pancakes, when you eat those two items, you're going to need to at least take a half hour nap, if not an hour, hour and a half nap. <laughs> so, is, so what times is that? Is the brunch on Sunday? Uh, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. To 12.30, okay. You can get our normal lunch menu more or less during that time period oh, as cool. well. Okay. And then we're open until 4 o'clock. So the... The, the kitchen's open till four and the bar's open till five. And I see that you have a TV behind you or you do play games and stuff. Like, is that something that... Yeah, yeah. We always have the, you know, the games on college games, pro games, all of that. Yeah, we have two TVs inside and then a monster one on the side patio. Outside. Oh, cool. Do you guys also, because you're friends with Dane, do you make your own sausage? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Two kinds always. So our house sausage is jalapeno cheese, and then we have a sausage link of the month, which is currently a, uh, we call it queso fundido sausage. Oh, cool. Actually, it's a funny story. You asked about, uh, you know, Dane and doing sausage. Me and Dane actually kind of taught each other how to make sausage. Uh, I was thinking on. that might have been the case. When, when uh, we were both doing pop-ups, and, and he's taking it to a whole nother world of like, <laughs> yeah, what that. was like we're, that's not really my jam as much, but like he freaking kills it with that, man. Like he's yes. doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, his sausage is definitely some of the best in the game for sure. Mm-hmm. We would meet up at my at my at our first house actually. And uh, for our pop-ups, like we would sometimes both have a pop-up within like three or four days of each other in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. So we would link up no pun intended, and make make all of our sausage at my house. Oh, and we would, we would sometimes use the same batch, or he, he would bring his own you know style, and I would do mine, but we would help each other make sausage oh. and then serve it at our own, own pop-ups. In fact, I think uh, that was actually, I think Hurtado actually, uh, he came over to my house one time, and me and Dane kind of showed him the ropes. Again, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a million sausage puns. How, yeah. how to link it up, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, man. So, um, oh, that's cool. That's that's fun little kind of inside stuff. Like that's so that's so your relationship with Dane goes pretty far back. Is it? Did you guys know each other prior, or is it because of the food and stuff? No, we didn't. We didn't know each other prior. I think we just kind of saw each other on Instagram doing doing the pop up thing, right? And uh, I forget if he reached out to me first, or I reached out to him just asking him questions about his pop up deal. And uh, yeah, we just kind of started to talk on there, and then. I, you know, I think he came out and got food for me and vice versa. And yeah. And now you have a brick and mortar and he'll have a brick and mortar pretty soon too. So it's yeah. a kind of a similar path. Well, and his brick and mortar is like right down the road from my house too. We're, we're, we're building. So I'm, oh, that's cool. Gonna, I'm unfortunately going to be in there all the time. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately or fortunately, it depends on, on how you look at it. So can you go over some of your sides because there's some, you have some unique sides. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say the tallow beans are probably the sleeper on the menu to be honest um it's a classic style pinto bean but we just cook it down with a bunch of beef fat beef tallow trim off of the briskets we're not doing anything groundbreaking but i think it's just how we do it and tallow that we mm. put in it and and the spices that are in it i mean it's perfect for for a cold day i mean it's just one of those it's one of those sides that just like it sticks to your insides for hours. You know I love what I mean? that. Hearty, hearty, savory, bit of heat to it. It's good stuff. The brisket ragu has become a new fan favorite for sure. Yeah, um, explain that. 
Yeah, so it's it's essentially like a um, it's kind of a classic or a spin on a classic bolognese sauce, a little more tomato heavy than meat heavy. So we take Campari's on the vine. We use the Campari's because they're a little more sweet, and I think it's a little more appealing to most folks. But so we roast those on the smoker for about an hour or two, and then we use that as the base for our sauce. So we're already starting with a lot of depth there. And then typically, you know, uh, you always got to find a way to use the extra scraps from the brisket and, and the beef cheeks. Mm-hmm. And if you do beef ribs and don't sell one or two of them or something, something like that. Yeah. So that's kind of the next thing that goes in, you know, to kind of make our roots chop, put that in as well. And so it's just this really hearty savory pasta dish and it's kind of again it's kind of one of those things that's like you wouldn't expect to have bolognese at a barbecue joint no. but when you eat it alongside the rest of your meal you're like wow this just really kind of works honestly and especially now with the porchetta it's kind of funny you can get a you can get the porchetta bolognese. uh we have some italian wine at the bar too yeah. and you can have an awesome awesome meal here it brings, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was gonna say like if you had a Peroni or something, but you don't. I don't. I highly yeah. doubt it. You don't have Peroni. We don't have Peroni. We don't have Peroni. <laughs> we do have a couple of Italian, Italian wines. So, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. So you do it. So because you like wine, this is a uh, jump back. You you guys, do you have a, a decent wine selection, or do you kind we, of? We do. That was kind of the, one of the tough thing tough things I was trying to balance when we were building out bricks and kind of building out the menu and the wine list and, and things like that. Because I get it. Like you know, it has wine and barbecue hasn't exactly taken the world by storm together, right? And like yeah. I think that's kind of a sad thing because it really should. I mean, mm-hmm. there's the, like no no one can no one can tell me why when I ask this question. Why do you go to a steakhouse and you have this you know thick fatty cut of steak and you have this big bold red wine with it? Why would you not do the same exact thing as mm-hmm. when you go to a barbecue joint and you get the brisket, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we've been sold with the narrative that whiskey or bourbon goes better with barbecue than mm-hmm. wine, which and I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a bourbon. I'm a huge bourbon fan. Mm-hmm. But one thing I'm, I've never been a huge fan of is actually drinking bourbon neat with, with food. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just I don't care for it that yeah. much. I'll, have, I'll you know I'll have an old fashioned or a whiskey sour or, or something like that. But in the essence of, of what barbecue is and what to pair with it, I think wine honestly just pairs extremely well. But that being said, our wine list is you know you can't get crazy with it because at the end end of the day it's still a barbecue joint and of i don't course. expect people to come in here and buy a bottle of op- opus one for mm-hmm. 500 dollars, right yeah so it was kind of one of those things when we were putting together the wine list we're like okay let's have a let's have good depth on the wine menu within six or eight bottles right and have it be an, an approachable price point and uh still appease what people want because the thing is, is like we don't have a pinot on the wine list but we have a Texas red red blend that is acidic and bright red fruits uh, while still being dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if someone orders a Pinot, we can give them that instead, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, hey, look, this is a wine from Texas. Kind of goes, it's on theme with bricks, uh, you nice. know, and it works. I'm also a big fan of, like, uh, exploring the world of wines also. Mm-hmm. You know, like people, and, and, you know, it's funny you say, like, well, Americans only want to drink a cab or a Pinot or whatever. And that's that's generally true. But, like, the thing is, too, that I noticed, like, when we were in Spain and France last year, is, like, Spanish people like to drink Spanish wine. And French people like, like to, to drink French wine. Mm-hmm. But so kind of when we put together this menu, I was kind of trying to get stuff from all over the place that even if we don't have your favorite cab or your favorite Pinot or your favorite Chardonnay, we're going to have a red or a white that's going to get you the same flavor profile mm-hmm. that you're looking for. And you're going to 
enjoy still at a really great price point. I would say if I had to pick my favorite wine to pair with barbecue, it's okay. the Gram, Gran Bazan Al Barino, it's called. Uh, it's a it's a Spanish wine. It's a Spanish white wine. Okay. It's from the northwest corner of Spain. It's like a postage stamp size area on the map. All of the vineyards there, more or less, you can see the ocean from the vineyards. Um, cool. So they get this really nice ocean breeze uh, that hits the vines. And what it leads to is you get a, uh, some nice saltiness to uh-huh. the grapes themselves. And so this wine, it has like these bright notes of like lime and lemon uh, and it's salty. And so for Texans, it's like a margarita in white wine form is what I always tell people. And when I tell them that and they try it, they're like, holy shit. That's, that's exactly cool. what it tastes like. Okay. So that's like my, I think that's like the perfect pairing wine with barbecue. Like it cuts the fat nicely. Um, it just works. The maker is uh, is is oops, wrong way. The maker is Grand Bazan. Okay. Oh, cool. And the grape the grape style is Albarino. Okay, cool. When it's hot outside, it's just so crisp and refreshing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just love it. I'm glad that you're. I'm glad that that's an option. And when I do visit you, that's going to be my pairing. It's going to be wine instead of because yeah. I love bourbon. I love uh, Scotch. I'm a big Scotch drinker. But it's. Uh, I, but wine, I think, is ideal. And I, if I, there's going to be very few bar- barbecue places when I go across country that, that actually have. Yeah, yeah, wine. absolutely. So that's cool. I'm happy that that's something. Okay, so then, was is there any other side that you want to talk? The ragu is probably a good one. Oh, you know, I actually talk about a new thing. We're going to be bringing back here uh, next weekend our smoked chicken corn chowder, oh, cool. um, and that'll be available in a quart, a pint, or in a side size as well. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, so that's always a big hit when it gets cold outside. And I think that I saw next week great. is going to be down like in the 60s. No, um, that's yeah, awesome. So just, you know, we buy uh, bone-in thigh meat. Uh, we smoke that, pull it off the bone, uh, chop that up, and we use that for our roux basically for the chowder. And then uh, just very creamy, very cheesy, a lot of uh, depth, a lot of kind of southwestern spices. Um, really, really good stuff. Do you have any unique desserts? Or- our most sold dessert by far is our medium rare chocolate chip cookies. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> my, so my mom makes them fresh every week. She makes the dough fresh every week and either myself or her bakes them every morning prior to service. Uh. And it's basically just a really good chocolate chip cookie that we top with sea salt, but they're pretty good size. And the outside has a nice little crunch to it, but the center is still like ooey gooey. Oh, and like, I love that. And like half baked and they're always uh. served warm as well. So it's like, yeah, man, it's like the perfect treat. And like my, my crutch is chocolate chip cookies, like fresh baked out of the oven. Like if I freaking, if like my mom, like when I was a kid in high school, she would pull out like two dozen and I shit you not, I would eat a dozen of those things. <laughs> I would literally eat a dozen. And I'm my move was I would take two of them together and I would make a peanut butter sandwich with two chocolate chip ah, cookies. Genius. Yeah, that That's why, a great. That is why I still do not weigh under 300 pounds, unfortunately. <laughs> but, well, you, you were playing sports, so you were probably burning a lot of calories, right? I was, I was, yeah. Yeah, it's, amazing. it's amazing. I remember that I took summer school one time and I would I would go to this food truck and they had like all types of food. I would get Twinkies and a Coke and I'd go back or a Pepsi or something. And I'd go back yeah. and that was my lunch. And I'm like, really? That was my lunch? But, you know, you can survive off of the most random things. Right. I know. Yeah. I mean, when you're a kid, man, just fuel any kind. Yeah, yeah. Of, you know? But that's good. Like, actually, that's a good idea. That peanut butter. I'm going to steal that idea and eat it. I'm that's... telling you, man, even with the Toll House, like if you're in a pinch, some Jif and yeah. Toll House, man. Ah, that's awesome. That's that's great. But you don't have peanut butter at your place, at your restaurant. Let, let people we do know. not. No, no. But you can bring it in if you. 
Are you allowed to bring if in you a want jar? to bring in your own pouch of it, by all means, please do. <laughs> yeah, you can't bring any other kind of types of food, but you can bring in peanut you butter if you want butter. to. Uh, that's yeah. cool. So, okay, so the hours again, it's Thursday through Sunday, 11 a.m. Thursday Sunday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. for the kitchen, 5 p.m. for the bar. And on Sunday, we open 30 minutes early at 1030 for brunch. This has been so great. I'm so glad that we finally got a chance to talk. And, and I'll... I've, I've shared, like I mentioned off camera, I've shared your photos before because your food looks spectacular. And I'll put, if you're, if you're listening to this on the podcast, try to jump over to the YouTube just to watch the beginning. I'm going to put a montage of your food because it's spectacular and you're doing a great job and I'm really proud of you. And it's, you know, it hasn't been an easy road. There's been bumps in the road, but it's, it's, you've gotten there and I'm excited for the future. And hopefully this fall is good for you. Hopefully with the cool weather, a lot of people will come in. Yep. Much appreciated, Kevin. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thank you for, yeah, thank you for taking the time.